Good evening, and welcome. Welcome to a world where thrill and suspense walk hand in hand. A world where the unimaginable is possible. Don't you dare close your eyes. You are now entering the Hitchcock Files. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Life of Pi. And we continue our journey into the Hitchcock Files. And joining me as always, the maiden of mystery, Miss Becca G. Becca, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me back. So, folks, this was a Becca special request. (laughs) This is her number one film of all time. This is a very good film. Again, this is another one I haven't seen in probably, oh, goodness, we'll say 10 plus years. And I totally got... I thought I knew who the cat burglar was in this one, but I was dead stinking wrong. So, in this film is To Catch a Thief from 1955, starring, again, two of Becky's favorites, Mr. Cary Grant, who I believe is from Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Completely wrong. Completely wrong? I'm wrong? Okay, I thought he was. <laughs> I'm thinking of Clark Gable, that's who I'm thinking of. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he was from, uh, is it Cadiz or something like that, Ohio? I've been to his childhood home, but yeah, nope. Grant's a little further away. Well, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. (laughs) And then, of course, starring Becky's other favorite, the beautiful blonde goddess herself, Miss Grace Kelly. So, I'm going to throw it over to Becky. We're going to do a little segment. We haven't come up with a cool name for it yet, but the feedback everybody seems to like when becky does this so we're gonna call it becky's fun facts so i'm gonna throw it to her she's gonna give you a little background of the actors and probably some crazy fun facts that i don't know and you probably don't know about the making of the film and hitchcock and everything in between over to you becky thank you okay so like paul said this is one of my like this is my favorite movie of all time not just with alfred hitchcock but just it's just pure vintage Hollywood. It's there's so much glam in with Grace Kelly, and then you have the dashing and gorgeous Cary Grant. So much goodness. And I will say, this is very much not. It was a little off of Hitchcock's norm. So yes, you're gonna get the suspense, but not as much as you would get like with Vertigo, like we did last week, or what you would get in Birds or Psycho. Um, it's a little more on the romance. It's really more of a romantic thriller. So, and even critics kind of had commented that this was a little off of Hitchcock's norm. But I want to share a little bit about my favorite Hollywood actor, Mr. Cary Grant, because he is just, he was my crush, I'm not gonna lie. And like all the other teenage <laughs> girls were like all over NSYNC and I was like, Cary Grant. And when I found out he was dead, I was like crushed for a week, okay? Could not recover. But I love Cary Grant. And he made, a, I think, four to five films with Hitchcock. So He, he, made, um, he made quite a few. I think he made like three or four, yeah. Yeah, he did. So he's just one of my absolute favorites. So Cary Grant was actually born in Bristol, England. Far cry from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missed that by a few thousand miles. <laughs> and he stood gorgeously at six feet and two inches tall. And his full name was not Cary Grant. It was actually Archibald Alexander Leach. Um, that name does not fit Cary Grant. I'm sorry. 
it's just, that is just a horrible name. <laughs> so I'm glad it was changed for Hollywood. Um, but hey, he hey Becky. Just, yeah. Imagine having a crush on somebody named Archibald. Weech, I know, right? That's just like, <laughs> you, you, you hear that name, you're just like, ugh, he can't be a good looking dude. Yeah. You know how, like, some couples will be like, okay, who is your one Hollywood crush? My husband's completely okay because Cary Grant's dead, so. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, but I do. I love Cary Grant. I've always been enamored by him. He is just, he embodies just that strapping, strong Hollywood heartthrob who has a sense of humor and gentleness, but he's just drop-dead gorgeous. So, a little bit about him. He got his start in vaudeville. And some of my favorite moments with Cary Grant are in films like Suspicion and Notorious, which were both Hitchcock's films, obviously, To Catch a Thief, Paul's favorite, North by Northwest. But he also did some other amazing movies like Holiday and Philadelphia Story with uh, Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart, I might add, Bringing Up Baby, which is hysterical. And also, further down the line, Father Goose, which is really funny. He plays a, just a completely different character. But I absolutely love Cary Grant. He made so many pictures throughout his career. Um, one of the cool things that just kind of embodies who he was, he actually had donated his entire paycheck from his 1940 classic, The Philadelphia Story, to the British war effort, which obviously was his home country. Um, and then four years later, he donated a hundred thousand dollars to um, from his movie Arsenic and Old Lace, or Arsenic and Old Lace, which is another classic that he did, to the U.S. War Relief Funds, and that was his way of contributing to the war efforts that were happening during that time frame that he was a part of Hollywood. So I just think that was really cool. And another thing, um, if you think, sorry, not to cut you off, but if you think about like a hundred grand back then with the inflation. It's huge. Would be like what, probably close to ten mil now, somewhere probably, around there. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I'm not a mathematician or a geography expert, as we found out, um, but I feel like that's a lot of money for back then. Like is. that's a lot of money. And you have to remember too <clears throat> the way like um, these Hollywood uh, stars would get paid back then is very different from how they get paid. So like here, you know, now we'll be like, okay, Jennifer Lopez took in. 20 million for this, you know, film or whatever. Ooh, that's not good. Um, you know, and like, I mean, they, it's like per picture. But back then, when they were under contract with the studios, there was a set pay per week. So shelling out that large of a sum was, you know, not normal. And it was really cool because he actually was the one that led the way to say, I am done being under contract with studios. I want to be able to choose what I want to work on, when I want to work on it, so I am going to go completely rogue, which was very dangerous, to be bluntly honest, because the studios could have just gotten completely ticked off at him and been like, okay, your career is done. But he really led the charge to say, you want, to, you want me in this film? Fine. What's your best offer? So, honestly, today's Hollywood has him to thank for the way they get paid. Um, doing movies because that was not the norm. So when you were under contract with that studio, you were under contract. There was no moving around. So kind of a fun fact there for you. You're going to like this one, Paul. Okay. So Cary Grant actually turned down to play the original James Bond in the 1962 film because he felt like he was too old at the age of 58. Yeah, he, yeah, because the Bond is like, 
I know if, I know if Luke listens to this, he'll be so mad if I get this wrong. So I gotta make sure this is right. I want to say like the Bond character. I've never read the book, so if I'm off on the ages and you hear this, please don't come after me online. Um, but I feel like because I know like Daniel Craig, like he just did his last Bond, and he's like pushing. He's pushing fifty. And he's like, I'm too old to be like yes. getting like this. I mean, because it's <laughs> huh. Still looks great though. Oh, yeah, no, it's just, like, now, especially with Hollywood, you're playing those roles. You have to be in such great shape. Yeah. I mean, it, like, again, like, back to the Bond thing. Bring it full circle before we go off the rails. But um, I just feel like, yeah, at that age, like, he, you know, because you would have had to dye his hair, like, dark black. Um, And there's no de-aging back then, obviously. We didn't have that technology. Yeah. And because Sean Connery did it, Sean Connery's probably what late twenties, early thirties when he did it. Thirty-two when he did that one. And that's about, I think that's about what Bond is. Bond's supposed to be like in yeah. his thirties, but he's still just kind of like, 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 like a screw you, I'm gonna do what I want, like a rogue agent. Because yeah. he's not in his twenties, because he he is an adult, but he doesn't like authority, which is like. So I would say yeah, thirties, yeah, because trying to pass a fifty-year-old off. For thirty would be kind of like, Ugh. probably wouldn't have worked too good. He was when he filmed *The Catch a Thief*. Who, Cary Grant? Yeah, take a guess. He had, I want to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna price it, I'm gonna price his right, this bad boy. Okay. So, so Don't let's. Don't do the math. Come on, you got ten seconds on the clock. I'm gonna say like forty-eight. Close, fifty-one. All right, I, I was, I was I within. It's not bad, it's not bad. We go no. pee young. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cool because when he worked with Grace Kelly on this picture, they worked so splendidly together. And um, he said that it was actually one of his most enjoyable experiences in his career. So that was just really cool. Uh, he did retire at the age of 62. It was the same year that his daughter, his it's his only child, um, was born. Her name is Jennifer. And Jennifer Grant has actually been on a couple of hit shows. So she appeared in a few shows like Beverly Hills. She was Celeste. I think it was Lundy was her name. I can't remember. I think that's how you said her last name. And she was on an episode of Friends. So I don't know what? if you guys remember. Huh? What episode? So it's in the first season. She plays Nina. Do you remember that episode? You you got you got to get you got to get more details than Nina. That okay, could be so like there's the like a billion characters. Phoebe is mad because Joey is falling for her twin, and Chandler is struggling to fire his hot coworker. That's her. That's her. No. The yes, one that, that the, the, is Jennifer Grant. No. The one yeah. where, where he's in the office and he's like smoking uh-huh. like a chimney. So isn't that hysterical? Yeah, she's the, she's got the long curly hair. She really is gorgeous. I mean, so she actually crazy. has like speaking lines. Yeah. So she yes. he's the chick that she he can't fire because he has a huge crush on her. Yes, that <laughs> is Jennifer Grant. That she actually amazing. had a decent acting career. I mean, she really, I mean, she wasn't in any massive movies, but I mean, she's been in quite a few television shows and cameos and other films. I mean, nothing near to what her dad was, but. Clearly, she was also set up really well financially. But so you get that um, name that pulls some weight. Yeah, but she really she is she's very talented in her own right. So pretty cool. But let's go ahead and get to this film. I am super super excited to. Catch oh a oh! By the way, 
I have I have some trivia questions for you when we get to them. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm here. Wait, for hold it. on. Make sure. Make sure I wrote them down. <laughs> yep, yep, right. yep, yep, yep. I'm good. I got two. Go. And you'll probably right. get them both because you're like obsessed with this movie. So, but I, I I was like, this is the most random thing I could find. In this movie. See if she remembers it. Oh lord! If I'm not, I'm gonna be so ticked off. No idea. Like, I will not be able to let this go for months. But To Catch a Thief is 106 minutes long. It was in 1956. So you have characters like Cary Grant as John Roby, aka the, the cat. cat. Grace Kelly as Frances Stevens. <clears throat> Her nickname's Francie in the movie. You have Jesse Landis as Jesse Stevens, which plays Grace Kelly's mother. John Williams as the insurance adjuster which he has a key role in this. And then you have some amazing actors who come alongside, like uh, Brigitte Amber, who was, she plays Danielle Facade. Um, she was a French actress. She had uh, quite a career herself. And then you have Jean Martinelli, who plays Danielle's father. They just call him Facade. Um, but really awesome. So the budget was 2.5 million. It got up to 3 million at one point, and then Hitchcock started to cut scenes. One of them being a huge street carnival just to save money. At box office, though, surprisingly, it only pulled in at the time $8.75 million. So, uh, But still, not... that, that's a good... It's crazy thing. They still make movies for $2 million. Like, that is still mind-blowing to me. They can make two and a half, three million dollars. Yeah. Like, the typical it... budget for a movie is like $75 million now. <laughs> It's like... I mean, if you look at some other uh, Hitchcock's films for what they pulled at box office, this was relatively low on the totem pole, even though it's one of my absolute favorites and it's a classic. Um, and it was actually based on the novel from 1952 entitled To Catch a Thief, and it was by David Dodge. And it was a highly um, polished romantic thriller, and so basically the movie was perfectly adapted to fit that because it really is. It's a romantic thriller. The costumes are so key to this movie because it just enhances Grace Kelly's character in this movie. And they were once again by Edith Head, who is just an absolute, I mean, Google her, guys. She's just absolutely such an creative individual in her costume. She's done them for so many movies. Hitchcock loved working with her because she, he, she knew how Hitchcock wanted his leading ladies to be dressed and she just does an outstanding job one of my favorite is the memorable it's a gold lame gown um and it's just beautiful and that was one of edith head's creations and she was actually nominated for an oscar for the costumes in this film she did not win it did win an oscar though for cinematography which is really cool um but yeah and it was actually filmed in two different settings so quite a bit of it was actually shot at paramount but a lot of the background was taken on set in the southeast of France on the Mediterranean coast. So there was shooting happening over in France, but a lot of the background was taken ahead of time because of some of the scenes, which we'll talk about in the movie, that are really key, not just to this movie, but to Grace Kelly's personal life. Um, There's And the thing is, some of the scenes, if you pay attention, you could tell which ones were filmed in California because yes. there's palm trees in the well, shot. I'm like, I don't think France has palm trees. I don't know. I've never been there. 
but yes, they do because it's oh. on the Mediterranean. Yes. Oh, okay. so <laughs> then you're, I didn't know. I just assumed it was California. Yeah. I was like, palm trees, All California. The scenery was shot um, using basically the first format of like a green screen. Uh, basically their first version of it. So all of the footage though was shot in the southeast of France, but there were some scenes they could not safely do. And so they had to basically take the footage that they shot um, and then put it on the screen and then go ahead and insert Grace Kelly and Cary Grant in a few of the shots, just because there's no way they could safely do them. And we'll talk about a couple of those scenes. So, the film actually, uh, like I said earlier, it brought in mixed reviews from critics. Some really loved the dynamic, or the, the dynamic. <laughs> the <laughs> All right. <laughs> Grace and Grant had um, in this film, they just, they really did play off of each other so well. You can just tell the way that they just kind of played off of one another. And, um, but like I said, a lot of people were a little bit disappointed with the lack of suspense like all of other Hitchcock's films prior. So it was it was really mixed reviews. Albert Hitchcock makes a signature cameo ten minutes in. Go ahead, Paul, I know you found him. Yes. This time. But this was like the easiest one, so I wasn't I was, was. kinda I was kinda <laughs> pumped, but like they made it a point to be like, hey, 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 look right here. Look at the guy that Cary Grant is literally staring at <laughs> in the shot. There's right only there. one person in the shot besides him. On the bus on the bus yes and so here's a fun little fact so Cary Grant received more than $700,000 for which is 10% of the gross for To Catch a Thief well Hitchcock received less than $50,000 for directing and producing this film That's... how insane is that that sometimes that that still happens it does. though it happens a lot though it's st yeah. I mean it's still happening like the directors get a piece but like the actors, a lot of the actors, their contracts, you get, like, the royalties and, like, the reruns yeah. and you get part, per, part of the um, people buying the movie and renting yeah, the, the movie and streaming the movie. You get a piece of all That's why all that, um, do you remember the Disney Plus stuff that happened over this past, yeah. like, summer? Yeah. Like, with, like, the, this is totally off topic, but yeah. this, this kind of relates, like, that's why, like, Scarlett Johansson and, like, Emma Stone kind of went after Disney Plus because they didn't get a piece of the profits and everything because they lost all this money from the streaming services and they didn't get any of that because of their contracts. The way their contracts were set up, but the directors got paid. So it was like almost like a reverse. The yeah. directors got royalties and stuff, and I guess they didn't. Unless my article is wrong that I wrote, wrong that I read online, but that's kind of what happened. So that was like that whole thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to go way off topic, but oh, it, it, it kind of related. It kind of related. It is related, for sure. So one of the people that I want to really quick talk about as we before we dive right in is the screenwriter on this film. His name was John Hayes, and he actually was also had worked on Rear Window, and Rear Window was still in production when Hitchcock tapped on him to um, start the process for to catch a thief. So he actually had sent him and his wife over to um, Cannes uh, over in France to go ahead and start scoping to get a feel for how they wanted this to work. And it was funny because he started the screenplay and within just a week or two, him and Hitchcock already had a nine page story outline. And so four weeks after that, Hayes had already completed like the first draft. It was like 212 pages long. Jeez. 
Yeah, and so they started to get their permits and everything that they had to do and get their budget approved so they could start filming this movie. And Hayes and Hitchcock had a really good work relationship. However, they did butt heads on a few things. Like, obviously, when Hitchcock, the budget was approaching $3 million, he cut that street carnival uh, scene out that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he replaced it with a scene in this movie. You will talk about it when they're chasing through a flower market. So that scene came into play to cut the budget. But there were also several other scenes. And Hayes was really getting frustrated with Hitchcock to the point where he went behind his back and tried to convince Grace and Carrie to go along with him, which if you know anything about Hitchcock and you've listened to the last few episodes, you'll know that was just a big, like, no-no. You did not mess with this man. He was a complete and total perfectionist. But he really did play a major part in in the screenwriting of this movie and did a beautiful job just like he did with um, Rear Window. So I think that was kind of cool. But... If you guys want to, or if you want to go ahead, we can dive into the plot. The one thing I will say really quick is one of my favorite books that I, if you love Grace Kelly or you fall in love with her while watching some of these Hitchcock classics, one of my favorite books, if you love old Hollywood, if you love Marilyn Monroe even, is a book called The Bridesmaids and it's by Judy Quinn. Not the movie, the book. Yeah, the book. (laughs) Did I say the movie? No, I, I, I was being funny. I was like, not the movie, the book. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, did I say that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. You're Judy good. Judy Quine. Sorry, not Quinn. It's Judy Quine. <clears throat> and she wrote a book called The Bridesmaids. So the backstory to this book is her husband was Grace Kelly's agent, but he was also an agent for Marilyn Monroe and many other big names in Hollywood. So she tells not only this amazing story of being one of Grace Kelly's bridesmaids in her wedding, which we'll dive into after we talk about the movie, but she talks about all the behind scene craziness that was going on with Hollywood that type, like the way Marilyn Monroe would show up to her apartment um, not in a good state of mind and how her husband would have to constantly be dealing with that situation or this situation is going on. It's like the most fascinating book. So you're getting the Grace Kelly story, but you're getting all this behind the scenes Hollywood stuff that could only come from an inside source. So that is a book I recommend Bridesmaids by Judy Quine. So. And on to the plot, 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 yeah. plot, plot. All right. So, so this film, <laughs> so good. All right. So it starts out with Cary Grant, who plays John Roby. And John Roby was uh, a former jewel thief. Okay. A cat burglar, if you will. Yes, the cat burglar. He had certain traits that... He inherited the name, the nickname, the cat. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't ruin for him yet. Yeah, I won't. I promise. And so it starts off with... What's wrong? No, you're good. My my head hit the microphone. You're good. Keep going. Oh, I was like, dude, did you not hit record? No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're screwed. (laughs) We got to start over. It's happened before. If people listen to this so long, this has happened before. I've had a microphone stand fall over in my lap in the middle of an interview with my buddy, and it was just like, and I caught the microphone and it kept going. <laughs> it's like the circus. The show must go on. So it starts out, so John, or, so John Romy, Cary Grant's character, he is a retired jewel thief. So he's retired at this point. It starts off at his villa in the south of France. And there's been a series of burglaries that are resembling all of the traits that John Roby the cat would do when he would steal jewels. And to give you an idea, though, so the south of France, if you're not familiar with it, it is a 
very wealthy area it is for the rich to go and play. It's their playground. If you go a little further into the south of France, it's a principality, it's called Monaco, and that is where the creme de la creme, I'm not talking folks about our Hollywood, I'm talking about people who have money from whether it's oil or trade, whatever it is, these are the big dollar. They're the billionaires, this is their playground. And so when, that was kind of why they chose this area too, because it's where the rich go to play. And so it's like the perfect playground to steal someone's jewels, right? Mm -hmm. So the cops show up because they already think that they have the person who has been doing this. It's gotta be John Roby. Well, it's not him. And they okay. showed up without a warrant Yes. So they're trespassing without a warrant. Just saying. I don't know how the rules are in France, but here it's like, I feel like you can't do that. But continue. I feel, I'm going I'm to throw points here along the way, if you don't mind. No, I please do. Okay. Totally. Keep going. podcast, too. I'm just on it. <laughs> oh, real quick. When they show up, I'm going to kind of steal your thunder here for like a minute. Um, when they show up and like he asks if he can change into like regular clothes. And then he does like, when he like escapes, it is like the most genius thing it's like it's so smart it is i'll let you tell everybody what it is but i thought i i, I made it i made a note super smart distraction no, slash ahead. getaway no, what go ahead. no go ahead seriously so so the cops show up at his house and he sees them coming so he goes upstairs he gets a rifle i'm like is this dude about to shoot like it out with like six cops so he walks around and basically the cops come in and they start asking him questions. He goes, hey, you know, can I change something more formal if we're going to go for questioning kind of thing because they think it's him. And he's looking around to see where all the cops are stationed at in his house. Super smart move. So, and then all of a sudden, he's up there. And they're, like, the guys look around like, this is taking forever. And you hear a gun blast. And they knock the door down and see that he had rigged up a rifle or a shotgun. Some kind of gun. I'm terrible with guns. Matt will kill me when I say that. Shotgun. But... Um, it was a shotgun and it shoots off so they think a gun blast happened so they pull their guns meanwhile while they're all rushed to one area he's taken off in the car and just gone so smart so smart oh, no. you missed that he didn't take off in the car his housekeeper took off in the oh car. my god yes he did yes that's right that's right yep now and now that you say that it clicks back in yeah, that's, and then he pops the bus, and that's when you see Albert Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. That's right, because his, his driver, his, his um, maid almost runs to the sheep, and she's like, what are you doing, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. It's a good distraction, though. It's like, look it at my hand over brilliant. here while the other hand does something else. It's like, it's he, super smart. Yeah, it's brilliant. So he is already realizing that he is going to have to prove his innocence. So, meanwhile... There are a group of people that were in John Roby's kind of, they were not only his, kind of his crew, but also kind of his arched rivals. They're just a bunch of thieves who steal people's jewels. So he's already picking up that it's got to be one of them, right? Mm -hmm. He's got to keep it really undercover as to, like, as he's moving around, trying to outrun the police while trying to piece together so he can prove that he's innocent. Yeah, when he shows up at that restaurant and everyone, everyone mean mugs the F out of him. It is yes. so, everyone's just like, this because son of a B. That, yeah, because they feel like, one, he has already started
started, like he's gone ahead of them. He's not giving them a cut, but also they're ticked off at him because he's apparently, you know, been living this life of like innocence now, now that he's retired. And luxury. Yes. But now they think that he started back up and he has not given them a cut. Yeah. They're all ticked. Like they're out for blood. But meanwhile, you have this gorgeous Grace Kelly showing up with her mother. They're just, you know, rich people from America who come to soak in the sun in the Riviera. And she does a fantastic job. I love her mom. Her mom's name is Jessie in this. She is just hysterical because she could really care less about all the jewels and the luxury. But Wait, hold on. Hold funny. on. You skipped over okay. some cool stuff. Okay, sorry. Go for it. You, you skipped over his getaway. For goodness sake. I... I, I surprises in this thing. I gotta talk about the getaway because it, it just it irked me. It irked me. So, what so you off about the getaway. Okay, first of all, I have a couple facts here. First of all, you run away with the guy's daughter Daniela, who is very obvious you used to date because it was one no. of your stu- you find out it's one of his students. And when you're in the boat, when you get in the boat, duck under the boat. Don't stand there where the cops can go. Oh look, there he is on a boat driving away and then when the plane flies over five minutes later then he ducks under the boat he goes oh just wave normal i was like they already know you're on the boat just I go get them no i can't i can't with you there's so many things wrong with you right now there's no. not anything he's is she he not st- is- her. she's a child she's never she has the hots for him they've never dated okay she well it, i got the impression father. that they did he dates younger women oh. so him which is why throughout the movie you will see her kind of challenging grace kelly like she's jealous of grace oh kelly. that part is hilarious yes that part is so fun. i was laughing my butt off so yeah she's like a young 21 22 year old and then you have obviously the refined and wealthy grace kelly but and- the boat thing just kind of bothered me i'm like dude just duck on when you get in the boat just go underneath right right before you take off that i don't know it just kind of bothered me it just bothered me continue Sorry. It, okay. How would you drive the boat? She was driving the boat. Yes, but he also doesn't trust her because she know he knows that her father, Facade, I'm saying that wrong. Is it Facade? I'm always saying it wrong. It's your Sorry, movie. Guys. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anyways, her moving forward. setting off all of these new burglaries. Mm-hmm. So he's not trusting her completely, which is why he doesn't go all the way under the boat. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about when you first get on the boat. Just go underneath when she's pulling up so the cops don't see you. I don't. It's good Kay. that you're not even here in the same room as me or I would have to physically hit you. Sorry. Hey, you, you, hey, you, hey everybody has different perspectives of every movie, okay? I, am I not allowed to have my opinions? On every other movie, absolutely, because it's your podcast, but tonight... <laughs> <laughs> Triggered! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> I've triggered your wife for the hundredth time this week. It's okay. He'll be like, I triggered her like three times today already. She's irritated. Okay, anyways, flash forward. We're at the the Grand Resort thingy. We're at the beach, yes. The beach, yes. Eventually, Cary Grant jumps off the boat and swims to shore, which is where Grace Kelly is catching his eye. or She's catching... I can't talk. He's catching her her eye. eye. Thank you. Wait, so, wait, was she in the yellow, like, 
bathing suit with the sunglasses on the beach? Yes. Okay, I was just making sure because they kept focusing. I'm like, I can't tell if that's her or not. Yeah, she's watching him. Okay, I couldn't tell. Just asking. Yes. Ooh. Feisty tonight. I don't know what's wrong with I promise we do North by Northwest, I'm not going to bite your head off in every little detail. Mm -hmm. Well, I, mean, I told you, I mean, that is your favorite movie, so I'll be kind. And I'll let you have the lead on that, because that's your favorite movie. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not going to eventually jump her throne on that one, but I'm trying. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Hey, I was very good. Most, I haven't been. I haven't. Onward and upwards. Onward and upward. Anyway, so it's at this point, like, he's, he's watching all of his surroundings because he's watching out for the cops he's watching out for all of his old cronies right mm -hmm. and he gets the note and would you like to see what the note says go ahead wait say that again sorry i got a text mm -hmm. message i looked away for a second Let's continue it's your podcast Focus. i know i know i know i know sorry <laughs> so he gets a note and in well he's at the beach because they have changing rooms mm -hmm. and it's basically calling him out that, you know, I know that it's you, basically. So he's looking around, and so this is where it starts to really move fast. Would you like to pick it up? No, no, you're good. I honestly don't remember what the note says, to be honest with you. I don't remember what it said. I mean, it, like, it, it was real quick. I remember that. Yeah, it's very quick. So anyway, we'll jump out of that. He ends up somehow that evening stumbling into the hotel, right? Because mm -hmm. he wants to meet the insurance ingester. Um, who plays a, he's really got a main role in this he, because he is going to give, he insures all of the jewels for all of the wealthy that are here in this, you know, Riviera playground. Yeah. And so, but he just happens to be having dinner with Grace Kelly and her mother, Francie and Jessica. Well, Jessica. well, well oh. hold up, hold up. What? Well, no, remember he had lunch with him at his place. Yes, he did. He did. You're right. And this he is where my that. two yeah, questions I'm come from. I'm excited because I love Grace Kelly's wardrobe, and I don't know why. I'm just joking. Well, these are where my two questions come in that I have for you. So when they're having the dinner, they talk about his time in the military and all that stuff. Correct? Okay. Yes. Do you remember how many people he said he killed? The silence is deafening. Ugh, no. I'm going to pay you back royally for this. Go ahead. 72. All right. You feel better? Also, when he's introduced, we're okay, we're flash forwarding. We're going back. He's at dinner. Well, mm -hmm. he's he's in the same restaurant as Grace Kelly and Grace Kelly's mom, and then the insurance dude. Sorry. Yeah. Insurance dude. He introduced himself as, um, I forget, he, he introduced himself as John something, right? Was yes. it? From America, from Oregon. Damn it. Go <laughs> ahead, <laughs> okay, go ahead. Try me again. Try me again. What, 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 was his, what was his job? He was a logger, wasn't he? Ant, he lumberjack. Lumberjack, whatever, same thing. No, nope, he said lumberjack. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I got you one out, of, one out of two. I'll take 50%. I'll take understand Paul and I have been friends since we were 17 this is how what we do we antagonize <laughs> each other <laughs> we made a podcast out of it <laughs> I was I was like she's gonna know the Oregon thing I was like there's no way she's gonna catch the military kill numbers okay I didn't but you know what 
Let me have it. This never happens, okay? Just let me have this one. I get like one a week. Not even, but alright. Okay, I get like one a month. One a month, there you go. Okay, continue. Alright. So anyway, he he has this meeting with Houston, who is the insurance adjuster, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. They have this lunch, and basically he is telling them that we can work together because you don't want to have to pay out for all of this jewelry that's been stolen, and I want to clear my name. Yep. So, but he's got to get a list, which the insurance adjuster brings to him, of all of the wealthy people that have their jewels insured to be kind of be able to trace who might get hit next. So this is where he sets up this fancy dinner. Well, this dinner, he's having dinner with Grace Kelly and her mother. So he invites him, but obviously, like you said, he plays, you know, changes his name, and he's from Oregon, and he has this whole, this whole front. Grace Kelly comes in the most beautiful blue sheets tool dress, by the way. Just throwing that Oh, she looks amazing in that blue dress. I know. I I was like, whoo-wee. If you've ever seen her dress when she won her Oscar, it's like that, but it's like a sheath. It's so pretty. Oh, good lord. Anyway, sorry, folks. Totally off subject, but it's so good. No, I mean, she's absolutely stunning. You ain't gonna apologize to me. I was looking at it, too. And so she's intrigued. She's intrigued by him. And he's kind of trying to, okay, fine, this could be an end, you know, but he's not interested her in, like, in a relationship, but she is. So fast forward to the next day. Would you like to take it away, or you want me to keep going? No, this is this is you, man. Okay. Keep doing your thing. I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Don't okay. worry. Keep going. You're good. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. So the next, one of my, this is one of my favorite scenes. You see Grace Kelly, she's like, basically, she's standing outside this beautiful hotel. And she basically corners him to get him go on a picnic with her. So he has this moment when he runs into Grace Kelly, he's already trying to kind of like hide because he sees the cops, they spotted him. So at this point, he's like, okay, fine. I might as well jump in the car with her, right? And if you love a good classic car, you will love this scene with what she's driving. And Um, this basically turns into Fast and Furious from 1955, and it is hilarious. She realizes, she already knows what is going on, but he is still playing the part as the lover Jack who's made money out of Oregon, who loves, you know, American baseball, that type of thing. Well, actually, no, he never brought up American baseball. She uses that against him. So she knows that the cops are following her. And if you've ever seen footage of France or you've been over there, you will know the roads are extremely narrow. And there is no stop sign. There's no traffic lights. It's just one way. And it's very hilly because there's very large cliffs. And she is just pedal to the metal. He is white knuckled. And she is just like going, like Paul said, it's like a scene from Fast and Furious, and she looks gorgeous doing it. And it looks, and it's realistic, okay? It's realistic. It is. They're not flying cars in outer space in this movie. No, and this scene, the footage behind um, what you were seeing in this movie, the footage of her driving this car, all of the footage was taken in France. However, the scene with her driving had to be done at Paramount, clearly for good reason. Because there was no way to safely shoot that scene in France with real folks living on these tiny narrow streets. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But 
that scene we're going to come back to towards the end because that scene holds a lot of heartbreak for Grace's family. So I'm going to share more about that here in a minute. So anyway, so they finally get to this place, and it's on a cliff. And if you look down, so this film was shot in the Riviera. When you look down, you see the principality called Monaco, which would eventually become Grace's actual real home. So, but it is real, it's beautiful, but some of these scenes were in fact shot at Paramount. So at this point, she tells him to get the picnic basket out of the trunk of his car, and she starts breaking down the fact that she knows that he is not who he says he is, and that he is in fact John Roby, the cat, and he freezes. Because he's thinking, she got me. And she brings up things like, you didn't mention anything about baseball or, you know, like all the normal things an American man would bring up at a dinner. And so she... Oh, she says democracy, too. He goes, I haven't cared about this stuff in years. Yeah. <laughs> and she is just absolutely intrigued by this. Like, most women would not want him to be, you know, John Roby the cat. But she is just bored. She's got money and she has nothing to do. She's intrigued and she's like, literally says to her, she goes, So when's our next hit? Like, she wants to be a part of this. So it's so funny, but she just does such an amazing job at this. So, going a little further, um, one of my favorite scenes, she has invited him up to her hotel room, and they really are starting to hit it off at this point. And she is in this beautiful white. Oh, just so beautiful. It's like this white tool gown, right? And she is wearing this. Are you talking about the fireworks scene? Yes, the okay. fireworks scene. Which, and, hold on, real quick. Yes. Something I've noticed in all the Hitchcock movies, there's always at least one scene with a lot of green in it. Hmm. Didn't notice that. Kudos. Because I remember in, um, what we do? Vertigo. When, oh my god, if I can find my words, whoo! Um, been a long <laughs> week, folks. Um, yeah, Vertigo, where um, the main character, Kim Novak, comes out dressed in like the full, like, gray jacket. You have the green lights, there's like the green, like, essence around her from like the lights coming in from the hotel room. And mm -hmm. then in this one, the lights, it's like green in the background from like the fireworks and everything outside. So her dress almost looks green. From the I didn't fireworks. That. Well, there you go. I didn't even realize that. Kudos. Bada bing, bada boom. Huh? Bada bing, bada boom. Hey. Bada, bada boom. Very, very, very not Italian. <laughs> but anyway, so she invites him up to her hotel room to watch the fireworks, and she's in this gorgeous dress, and she is adorned with this beautiful diamond necklace. I mean, it's just dripping. It's layered. It's just stunning. And so she's she had the ice. She was in the ice game for the ice game was cool. Yeah, she's trying to basically <laughs> entice him. Like I forget what she says. Was it like, um, oh, like basically something like you know, does this bother you when you see like a piece like this? You know, I mean, it's just like she's just kind of taunting him, but she's just dripping in sex appeal without even trying. You know, just basically she's falling falling in love with him. Well, they finally kiss, right? Mm -hmm. And at that moment when the fireworks are starting to go off, you hear a scream. Well, it's her mother. And she 
this is where it starts to kind of go downhill because she starts basically accusing him of like spending time with her to steal her mother's jewels even though her mother could care less she says it like multiple times because it's one less thing to carry around she says yeah, because it's the back like, oh. childhood, like, they lived basically out in the country, and it was like, they lived in basically a shack, and then her father struck oil on their property, and she's like, her mother's like, it's the only one thing he ever actually had going for him, so she didn't go to, like, finishing school till she was a teenager, like, she did not, she was not born into money, it was just dumb luck, basically. Um, so I love her mother, because Grace is trying to, you know, basically play like this educated you know wealthy american and really it was like they're new money they're not old money <laughs> her mother's just debunking this in the best southern accent she's got it's just hysterical she really makes this movie i feel like um okay hey hold on. I, I just googled the whole green thing okay so this has nothing to do with this film but this is i thought this was kind of cool it said Hitchcock liked to use special green filters in some scenes to add a foggy, slightly blurry effect and a feeling of myth mythicism to the shot. Hmm. When Scotty took Madeline to his house after her suicide attempt, this is Vertigo. The yeah. audience realizes he has a crush on her; he can't resist. So basically, he uses like he uses green, and even in Birds, like she has the green suit in Birds. Then that there's um, especially with scenes coming out of that because they're all on the bay. Yeah, and there's a couple, there's another one they have listed on here. I can't find it now. Where there's like a green car, so like, a, like the, there's a color, there's like a green color theme, in like most of his films, which is kind of cool. I just happened to realize that like the last couple movies, I'm like, there's a lot of green in these movies. But anyways, that's nothing to do with what you're talking about. I'm sorry, I thought this was kind of cool. I saw you googled it. No, it is. I always love hearing kind of what I mean. There's always a rhyme or reason with Hitchcock, so you gotta love it. But um. Fast forward, and throughout this, you will see Danielle. She's, like, basically challenging. And she's so freaking just cute as a button and just, like, oh, so beautiful. Yeah. So right after um, her mother, her mother's jewels go missing, You'll it goes to the scene where um, he is on the roof and he's chasing somebody. And the person ends up falling to their death. And everybody thinks it's John Roby, but it's not. It's actually Danielle's father. And so it goes to the funeral because he's just, he, he knows it's one of them. And he is trying to figure out who it is. Wait, wait, and wait, so wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I thought Danielle's father was the dude that ran the restaurant that he, no. that was trying to help him out. It was the guy with like the white in his hair? Yeah. Oh, okay. I totally missed that part. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Um, and he's got like one toe. Yeah, he's thing. got, he's got a wooden peg from war yeah yeah so grace kelly shows up like on the sidelines of the funeral to apologize to him and invites him to this masquerade ball oh real quick uh, sorry i'm gonna cut you off i thought the funeral scene was actually pretty sweet because hitchcock does an amazing this is really cool camera shot where yeah. he flips back and forth between Cary grant and one person Cary grant and one person so Cary grant's basically eyeballing every yes. single person going so it's someone it's one of you yeah, one of you is the burglar and it's like it's such a cool it's only like a 15 16 second shot it's just real quick it's back really, and forth back and forth but i thought that was a cool shot yeah i know it really is it's just it goes to the way he he would shoot he's a mastermind and, and he even said that like, i think he says that to uh francis uh, grace kelly's character afterwards he goes he goes someone at that funeral is the burglar he goes i mm -hmm. can tell 
someone is the burglar. He goes, I looked into their eyes or something like that. Yeah. But yeah I thought that was a really cool. I thought the funeral scene was very telling. It is and, a really cool scene. and that's why I pieced together. I was like, dang it. It's not. <laughs> I was like, it's not who I thought it was. Because I thought I had it like halfway through. And I was like, well, shoot. Wrong again. But I don't want to spoil it because I will let you get there. So they, Grace Kelly shows up at the funeral to apologize to him and invites him, basically trying to get back into his good graces, um, to this masquerade ball that they're attending. It's where all of the wealthy are gathering and these costumes and all of their jewels will be there. So they know that this party, somebody's bound to get hit um, because a lot of them are staying at the villa. So a cool thing about this shot is that villa is actually went up for sale in 2016 on the south of France for just a cool 56 million. Oh, is that all? Oh, it's, it's just a little. Chump change. Chump change. Chump change. <laughs> um, I make that so, in a week. Yeah, so they get dressed up um, and are basically and here again. I love Grace Kelly's costume. She just looks stunning. I'm going to actually, I'm going to let you take this because you didn't realize who it was. So go ahead and then I'll jump in. Go ahead. Set the masquerade ball scene up. Oh, yeah. So masquerade scene, they have this whole plot set up where they're going to try and basically flush out the mm -hmm. actual burglar. And yeah. so Grace Kelly and her mom show up in their beautiful gowns and <laughs> the mom proceeds <laughs> to get drunk because she's just bored. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Cary Grant basically tells them, he goes, any man without a woman on his arm is a cop, basically. Yep. And so they show up, and there's, like, this dude shows up behind him with, like, wearing this huge, like, weird outfit with a black mask and a this fancy umbrella thing. And I don't know technical terms for him, so I'm going to call it fancy umbrella thing. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm a dude. I don't know this You're crap. Right. You but I'm, I mean, they're getting the point. So, so basically, like Grace Kelly and this mystery man, who you assume has got to be Cary Grant. Who else could it possibly be? And they dance the whole night. They're the last ones dancing. Literally, the orchestra stops playing because they won't stop dancing. Mm -hmm. And they go back up to the room, and they make it a point for the cops to see them going into the room. Then once they're mm -hmm. in the room is revealed it's actually the insurance dude yep that's been there the whole time and i was like what i and know then, right and then like it flips to outside and carrie grant is on the roof because yes. as we learn earlier in the movie the cat burglars um like calling cars he likes to and like the opening scene is a cat crawling I across the, the roof scene. and yes. there's you, you see a hand stealing jewels and then a cat on the roof it's all metaphors which is Brilliantly done. So Cary Grant's calling car is going across the roof, through the windows, and then back out through the roof because it's quiet and easy escape. Mm -hmm. And then he sees someone else. They're like, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So he goes after this person, and then they chase around, and he finds out that it that the burglar is Becky. As she's dangling off the roof. Well, no, he finds out. For, he finds out for, before they go off the side of the roof who it is. Right. Go ahead. I'll let you reveal. It's Danielle the whole time. I was yeah. like, I was like, what the actual? Yep. What? The, and he what? gets her to a point where she slips as he's chasing oh, her. You forgot oh, the you forgot ahead. the part 
where Good. the cops start shooting at Cary Grant because yes. they and they shine this spotlight. They see him they up see on him. the roof. They're like, there he is. That's him. He's back. But they and, see two people running on the roof. Yeah. Well, they didn't see two at first, and then it goes something. And someone goes, wait, there's someone else up there. Mm-hmm. And after they stop shooting Cary Grant, he chases her, captures her. She goes over the side, and as she's dangling with one arm, probably four stories up, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ballpark it. I don't He's know. He's threatening her. You're going to tell them everything, and you know my. And she's like, I'm not going. He's like, do it, Danielle. He's like, my hand is actually getting quite, like, quite weak or whatever. He's like, yeah. I could drop and so you. basically, she like did it for her father. Yeah, she, and he's like louder, you know, and he's like, he's, he's like, he's holy, like, perform, holy, do it. He's yeah. like, perform for them, let them know. It's yeah. like, woo, easy killer, you got her. I'm working for my father, yeah. Yeah, so. and like the whole reveal down, you're just like, well, hot damn. I I thought it was, I thought it was Grace Kelly the whole time because I haven't seen this movie in so long. Hold on, what? I did. I thought Grace Kelly oh, was just messing with Cary Grant the whole time, which would have oh, been a great twist, oh, right? Mom. Would that not have been a great twist? No. Yes, it would. Oh, because Grace Kelly. Oh. She can't do anything wrong. <laughs> so the last scene is she goes running after him. He's already long since left. He's back at his villa, and she shows up, like, disheveled in her gold costume dress because... She's in love with him, and she declares her love to Cary Grant. And they've known each other for, like, six days. Once again, people falling in love in six days in the 50s. Don't hit. Don't you wish it would happen to you? You're no. You don't know anybody yes, after six fine. days. Okay, fine. So if you... Fine. Okay. Modern-day Grace Kelly shows up. You're telling me six days would not be enough for you? After my experiences? No. I know this is very weird because I'm usually the one telling you to slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. So I do see the oxymoron. <laughs> yes, thank you. Because like, again, I know it's movie magic and everything, and people may be rolling their eyes. It's just my personal opinion. It can happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. People can fall in love in five days. It's very, very possible in real life. I'm just saying, the numbers on that have to be astronomical. That's all I'm saying. This episode will be the life dating life of Paul Young. No, I'm totally We already did that one like six months ago. Yes, but I wasn't in on that one. I have a ton of things. We don't have time for this. We're pushing an hour. We don't have time for this. All right. So I want to get though. Oh, wait. You forgot the very best last line of the movie. Oh, this where you live? Mother will love it here. Yeah. Basically like, oh, you're rich. My mom will love you. So she's just a gold digger. She has her own money. She Becky, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I had to All mess right. with well, you. It was I the very last part of the movie. Oh, I can't with you. I want to talk, though, about what makes this movie so Yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. I had to mess with you for one well, last time. I'm sorry. Ladies See? and gentlemen, he is going to get it. It's coming to him. In the next episode, I'm coming for his jugular, okay? Oh. Um... Before so, b- before Becky finishes off her, she's got some cool. She hold on, hold on. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna bring you back around. I'm not I'm not cutting you off. Um, this is it shows how impatient I really am. So before Becky jumps back into like some more like cool facts that you guys will want to hear that I think I might already know, but we'll hear them anyways because you guys don't know them. Uh, we have landed on our movie for next week. Yeah. This of course is another Alfred Hitchcock. Excuse me absolute one of the 
first, I go. I guess one of the best first or first best. I can't. My grammar is terrible sometimes. Horror movies, in my opinion. It, am Absolutely. I, am I correct in calling it a horror movie? Even though he likes he likes I to mean, call he likes to call it suspense. I don't know how it wouldn't be. <laughs> like, and that and that movie, ladies and gentlemen, is The Birds. Yes. And be and sure to check special. out. Be sure to check out the Life of Pi story. The next couple weeks, you will very much enjoy the song I've chosen to help advertise this episode. Becky. And on this episode, we're going to hopefully be bringing your other friend in. Go yes, that's that correct. Yes, if you guys listened to the last, well, actually, no, that's not out that's yet. Not out yet. We do. I do have um, a special episode coming out. I'm hoping sometime Saturday. I want to get it out for the Oscars on Sunday because it's Oscar season. We all know this. If you mm-hmm. like movies. So, me and Becky and then my good friend Gareth actually did a whole episode about Jaws, which is one of the most critically acclaimed movies of all time. Won quite a few awards with the... Actually, I don't know if it won that many awards with the Oscars, if I remember correctly, but... Yeah, um, it did one too. Did it? Okay. So, it's it's one of the original... It's like, it's just one of the most... It's one of the most famous... Probably the top 10 most famous... Ugh, words. Top 10 most well-known films of all time. So, Garrett came on all the way from Belfast, Ireland again. You'll recognize him from our Bond episode and our Batman episode. So, him and Je- Becky, I almost called you Jackie. That was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, so, be on the lookout for that. And then we'll be recording Birds next week. Yeah. It'll be fun. It was That last episode was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, I'm looking it was a good forward one. to Birds. So, yeah. over to you, Becky. Okay, so I went really quick. The last two, this you can't do to catch a thief and not touch on this. So this was a huge picture for Grace Kelly because one, um, she shot this movie over obviously south of France, and she went back home. And at this point, it was just a few months out from releasing, and Grace was called upon to be um, part of the American delegate for the Cannes uh, Film Festival in 1955. So you had um, To Catch a Thief just, I think, about four months from releasing at this point. So the studio sent her to the film festival, one, because she had just won her Oscar um, for a different picture, and so she was going to go, and also just to stir up hype for To Catch a Thief. And while she was over there, um, if you all, all know her from... Uh, my mind is completely gone. Uh, <laughs> go with the wind. Thank you. Olivia de Havilland. So she was newly married and she was over there as well. She had just married a French um, journalist who had a magazine and she told her husband, you know, what we should do is we should introduce Grace Kelly and do an interview to the Prince of Monaco. Monaco, like I said, is a principality. It's its own little country off the south of France. It's very tiny, but it's where the rich go to play. And so they, she was trying to convince Grace to do this. And Grace is like, well, I have to check with the studio because they're the ones sponsoring my trip here. So it ended up getting all set up, but it was gonna happen at four o'clock. And Grace was like, I can't do that. We have this whole cocktail party for the film festival that I have to be at. So they rescheduled. And the morning of the meeting with the Prince of Monaco, um, which basically the way a principality works, he's basically, he's basically the king 
FYI, but they don't refer to him that. They just refer to him as the Prince of Monaco. Um, at the time, she got up, she got showered, and she was looking for her outfit. She hadn't done her hair or anything, and the power and the water ends up going completely out because there was a strike going on in the village of Cannes, where the film festival is held. So Grace is in a panic because she's going to be photographed, and she's going to meet the Prince of Monaco. And so she throws on this, the only thing she had in her trunk that did not need to be ironed was this black taffeta gown that she absolutely hated. Um, but it looked wrinkly and that was what she basically needs. She just had to wear something that was built to look wrinkly in order to not look like a complete and total mess because everything else needed pressed. And then she threw her hair up in a bun, which she absolutely hated doing, but it was all she could pull off because she had no electricity to actually get ready. So she's already feeling disheveled and she goes to this photo shoot and this interview where she meets Prince Rainier of Monaco. Little does she know that um, she would actually become his wife and she would become Princess Grace of Monaco. And that is why her film career ended up um, closing down so early is because when she married him, she had to retire from acting. Um, and so, yeah, she got married and they, it's really cool because Monaco, um, the day that she actually sailed over from America for her wedding day, it was an overcast day and they named it the Grace Kelly day. It's a Grace Kelly. So whenever there's a gray day in Monaco, they call it, it's a Grace Kelly type of day. Just because that's the, the way the weather was when she came over to marry the Prince of Monaco and they had this huge wedding and that's where her agent's wife, Judy, who was also one of her good friends, she was one of her bridesmaids in her wedding. Um, so, and it's funny because Olivia de Havilland, who set this whole meeting up, she didn't even get to attend the wedding because she was pregnant and she couldn't travel at the time. But <laughs> she married him. They had three children and Grace sadly passed away at a very early age. She was 52 years old and she had a stroke and she was driving. And so the scene that you will watch in this movie of her driving crazy um, with Cary Grant, the footage that you see, you can see Monaco down below, um, but some of the footage of that road is actually the road that she would let her pass away on. She had a stroke and lost control of her Land Rover. Her daughter was actually in the car with her. Luckily, her daughter was okay, um, but Grace passed away the next morning. So this movie, it really, it's just crazy because it played a major role in her life. And, and a lot of people think- of that happening on the same exact road, you're one of your biggest movie roles ever, like 30 yeah. years later, whatever it had been. And it was crazy because everybody thinks that she met Prince um, Renier, um, Filming to catch a thief. And that's that what, that's what I assumed. Yeah, no, she met him when she was going over to the Cannes Film Festival, and because, like I said, the studio wanted her to hype up. The, she had just won her Oscar, um, but they also wanted her to hype up to catch a thief, obviously, since it was shot there. And it's funny because it was not love at first sight. She walked away not thinking anything of it, and they just started to correspond through letters, and their relationship kind of grew, and then eventually... Um, he came over to Philadelphia, which was Grace Kelly's home where she was raised, and asked her father for her hand in marriage. And the funny thing is Grace Kelly was given, like, a band. It had, I think, rubies in it. But then when her husband saw all the other Hollywood starlets that had these huge diamonds, he ended up actually replacing it and getting Grace Kelly this gorgeous emerald-cut diamond engagement ring. 
I know, something only I would know, but um, yeah, it's just, it's really heartbreaking, but it's really crazy all just the impact that this film had and, and just how things would eventually play out. So, so yeah. I, I have possibly a stupid question. No, go for it. I take it Hitchcock was dead way before she got married. No, Hitchcock was at her wedding. Was it's he? Bad. Okay. I, I, I didn't know how old she was when she got married, so. She, okay, so she retired from 26, and I think she married shortly before her 27th birthday. Oh, so it was like a couple years later. Yeah, I mean, okay. not even that, yeah. So it, oh. it went very, very fast. So the last <clears throat> film she ended up making, oh, goodness gracious. I think it was High Society, which was the basically a revert of, a redone version of the Philadelphia story that Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, and Catherine Hepburn had shot in the 1940s. It's one of my favorite movies. We do have to cover that. It's, like, so good. But, um, yeah. So she, that was one of her last movies. In fact, Alfred Hitchcock begged her numerous times to play different roles in his movies, and she had to turn them down. He wanted her to play um, the, the lead character in Marnie, and she had to turn that down even though she wanted to. Um, she was just no longer allowed. So she she did do a few things, like basically um, she would narrate, you know, like uh, things like for children's acting. She would, she was allowed to narrate some things, but she was never allowed to act again. So, and it's funny because Grace Kelly she she had a very much a love of French wine and caviar, and so she actually struggled with her weight. Um, after she married the prince because she absolutely loved the French cuisine. So, um, just a interesting little fact. But yeah, she had three children. She had two daughters and a son with Prince Renier. It was not the happiest of marriages. I think they genuinely loved each other, but um, it's basically been reported that they both eventually took lovers in their marriage because there was just so much up and down. So, but she loved being a mother. Absolutely loved being a mother. Well, Becky, we are going to wrap this up. Wonderful yeah. job. Thank you. Thanks for letting me do it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, folks, hopefully uh, you enjoyed this episode. I know it's a longer one, but Becky yeah. is a fact-giving machine, and we can't stop the train <laughs> once the tracks are in motion. Can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, seriously, awesome. Really good job. Um and again, next week we will be doing The Birds. Yep. And I'm hoping to have Gareth join us for that one. We still have, I think, three or four more to do. Uh, we still got to do Psycho, North by Northwest. Um, uh, what was the other one you told me today? I forget. Oh, I was talking about uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much or Suspicion. Those yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so we got to cover those still. And again, I'm um, hoping to get the Jaws one out. Just busy schedule this week. So hoping to get that this weekend before the Oscars. So be on the lookout. Me and Becky will be sending out Oscar pictures on the Instagram story because we're going to watch the Oscars together with her husband and her child, her daughter, not a child anymore. She will probably abandon us and be playing a game, but I've got like six different types of popcorn, so we're game. So. <laughs> so again, you guys, thank you all so much for listening. And again, feel free to reach out. You got, you know, leave a. A quick little review on iTunes helps me out. Five stars would really appreciate. Helps move up in the rankings. Helps other people find us. And if you have like questions or topics you want us to cover, I keep forgetting to give this out. You can reach out to me at lifeofpiecontent at gmail.com. 
and I check that I try to check it almost every day if I have pretty much every day so if you have like ideas something you guys want to talk about or you have questions for me or Becky I can always reach out to Becky if you have a question for her so yeah of course on Instagram too so you catch all of his stories to fill you in on what's coming yeah so Facebook Instagram Twitter I'm on all of them so don't be a stranger and reach out so again Becky thank you so much this was fantastic as usual yeah excited for next week and we will talk to you all very soon and once again I hope you've enjoyed your slice of pie <laughs>